The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What's up, sons and daughters? It is Sam Jesse, and I'm here with good friend, tech sideline beat reporter for the Hokies baseball team, Chris Hirons. Chris, how are you doing, man? Good, man. The allergies uh, in Blacksburg, the pollen sucks, but you know we'll power through. I was battling it earlier in the season, Chris. It is now your turn to carry the mantle and mankind's fight against pollen. Hokie baseball looking a little bit better than I think last time that we we talked. The Hokies are now 24 and 14 on the season, 10 and 10 in the ACC. They are unranked nationally, sitting at number 43 in the D1 baseball RPI. And as of yesterday, I believe, they are currently in the NCAA tournament according to D1 baseball. However, they are one of the last teams in the tournament they're projected currently as a number three seed in the morgantown regional which would be a heck of a matchup for the Hokies to travel to morgantown to face the west virginia mountaineers let's kind of talk about that real quick before we go and wrap up the florida state series in which the Hokies won that series two to one and then the Hokies finally won a midweek game again uh, a thrilling game against james madison at home they're, I, I wouldn't say the Hokies are sitting pretty at all. I would say it's very bubblicious for the Hokies right now. But considering what they have left on the schedule, you feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you had early in the, earlier in the season, you had to go to Miami. You had to go to Pitt, which, I mean, not that Pitt's the toughest place to play, but like it was bad weather. Um, you know, the schedule really kind of wasn't your favor early in the season, but now it's kind of creeping in Tech's favor. I mean, UNC's not playing great baseball right now. Clemson's hot, but mm-hmm. I think Clemson it, playing at Tech, you know, that's that's something that Tech should win. And then um, the Wake Forest, the Wake Forest series uh, will be interesting um, down in Winston-Salem. But, I mean, I think, you know, it, it was good that they kind of got back in the mid in the midweek win column uh, against James Madison, uh, something they kind of struggled with uh, the last two weeks, you know, the, the loss at Li- or loss against Liberty at home. And then, you know, the Radford loss where it really, you know, you should win those games. Um, and that's, I think right now is what's kind of hurting their RPI. Um, you know, you can't in baseball, you can't have that football mindset as a fan. You're like, Oh, one bad loss kind of really tanks you. And it really doesn't, but you can't have too many of those bad losses to where, you know, it really, really hurts your RPI. Um, but you know, the Radford one that, that, that hurt their RPI a little bit more than Mm -hmm. it should have a little bit more than what most losses would have. But, um, you know, I mean, they're on the bubble. Um, they're in a lot better spot than they were three, four weeks ago, they're sitting two and eight in the ACC against UVA. You still had two more games to play um, against the Cavaliers. But, 
you know, I think things are trending in the right direction for tech, especially if that weekend at FSU. Yeah. And you look at, you know, James Madison is a team that kind of mid-major baseball program. They're sitting at number 128 in the RPI. They've moved up 26 spots over the last seven days. So their team that's surging as well. The Hokies will play James Madison again, this time on the road in Harrisonburg. The Hokies also, again, have a home series versus North Carolina, which we'll preview at the end of the show. And they also have an array away series at Clemson, as well as a road game at Liberty, and the road series to end the season at number two. I believe they're still number two. Number two, yeah. number three. They'll be somewhere there. Uh, Rake Forest, as they call it in Winston-Salem. And I, if for my money, I think one of the two or three top contenders for the national title this year. That's a Wake Forest team that's been building for the last couple of years, and they are very, very talented. If you don't know who Bobby Wilkes is yet, you should because he's freaking awesome. Uh, yeah. So the Hokies, they're, they're in a position to be in position as John Rothstein would say for college basketball. And, you know, considering how this season started in the ACC play, you're feeling pretty good. Uh, breaking down the number 43 RPI, the Hokies are four and seven against numbers one through 25. Those are games against Virginia, Duke, Miami, and Boston college. No games against number 26 through 50. Hokies are 11 and 5 against 51 through 100. That's Liberty, Georgia Tech, College of Charleston, Pittsburgh, Charlotte, Florida State. 6 and 1 versus 101 through 200. That's JMU, VMI, Bryant, and East Tennessee State. And 3 and 1 versus 200 plus UMass Lowell and Radford are those two teams. So the Hokies have like I would say a majority of their schedule has been against pretty good competition. And I think we could see the RPIs for teams like college of Charleston and Charlotte and East Tennessee state um, VMI and James Madison as well. Those are teams where their resume can get a little bit better, which will help the Hokies down the line. I think that, you know, Charlotte had a tough start to the season, but they're playing pretty good baseball. So a, a lot of baseball to play Hokies need to do well, but, they're in position. Yeah. I mean, I, I was reading on when, you know, one of the message boards that, you know, tech has no signature out of conference uh, wins this season. But I mean, that's I, honestly, that's not true. I mean, you have Charlotte, Charlotte has at least three or four major league prospects on that team. Mm-hmm. College of Charleston, the fact that they went on the road and they took two out of three after, you know, stumbling out of the gate on Friday, um, I, I thought that was a pretty big win. And then, and then VMI on the road. I mean, VMI is a, a very, very good team, especially at home. Um, I thought those wins were, those are probably not that they're signature out of conference wins, but like those are solid out of conference victories. Also, I would like you to point a college baseball team that plays in the SEC or the ACC that does schedule marquee non-conference games. We have enough we're playing enough. To, there's two two series left against top 25 teams. Okay, we schedule enough tough teams. <laughs> we don't need any more. Um, yeah. And then you also see like for those wondering, I think I tweeted this out, but midweek losses happen to the best programs. I think the night that Tech lost to Radford, LSU, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt all lost that night as well. Uh, they they happen in college baseball. There, it's kind of part of the the fun of the sport, the midweek madness. You basically get the first round of the NCAA tournament every Tuesday night 
So you just embrace it. You move on. I think it was really good for the Hokies to to get that win against JMU. It was also good for the Hokies, a two to one series win against Florida State. Not a very good Florida State team, but I will never complain about taking a series in Tallahassee. Let's start, Chris. Game one, a 24 to nine win. The Hokies were dominant, 17 hits, seven extra base hits, two home runs by Brody Donay. And Chris, let's talk about Anthony Arguez because he has come on strong in the second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, if Drew Hackenberg doesn't pitch a complete game on Saturday, which we'll get into, I think Arguez, you know, is a story that weekend. You know, the Tex bullpen is pretty banged up. We'll get into all the injuries um, in a minute, but. The fact that, you know, he kind of got – he gave up five runs in those first three innings, and he comes back with a shutout fourth, fifth, sixth, and then gets an out in the seventh. I thought that was pretty big, especially to save, you know, a, to save essentially three or so innings from the bullpen. I thought that was probably the biggest story that weekend. You know, you get an extra nine, 12 outs um, from your starting pitcher instead of having to dig into that bullpen. I mean, that was that was probably the biggest, biggest thing that came out of that Friday win. I mean, aside from scoring 24 runs, which is the most in, um, in an ACC game in program history. Sorry, the mute button got me. Yeah, I, I've been really impressed. And also, let's. this is a guy who's never started college baseball. He was a relief armor at Miami, and he's coming in now. And, you know, throwing six and a third is no joke. And he, he's also, you know, he's not over the last two games, ever his last two starts. We're looking at 10 and two-thirds innings, only 12 hits, uh, only two walks in those. So you're looking at a guy who's like just over one whip over his last two starts against Georgia Tech, who's one of the better hitting teams in the ACC, and then on the road at Florida State, which, you know, Florida State has some issues. Hitting isn't really one of them. Their issues are more of fielding and pitching. So really good for Anthony Arguez. I think he's done a phenomenal job stepping up for this team, and they're going to need him, quite frankly, to continue to eat up innings, maybe even more than what he's done so far because of some injuries to the bullpen starters and, you know, et cetera. Game, uh, also in this game, we talked about – Florida State's fielding is not up to their standards. Four Florida State errors led to five unearned runs for the Hokies. It's kind of shocking to see Florida State playing as poorly this season as they are. They are in the midst of a coaching change down in Tallahassee, but not what you'd expect from one of one of the premier programs in the sport. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is that they're young. I mean, yeah, they had, I think, one of the best recruiting classes um, coming in, but I mean, Jack Hurley has said this a bunch of times to me, you know, on TV, he said, it's really hard to come in and play, you know, in the ACC during your freshman year and do it at a, at a high level. And FSU has some guys who are doing that, but, you know, to get six, seven, eight, nine guys that are young and can play at a high level in the ACC, I mean, that's, that's pretty difficult to do. Um, you know, you look at tech side, you know, some of their AC, some of their freshmen um, at times have struggled, but you look at also the success of Bernie Denae, uh, Clay Grady, Andrew Settlinger, just to name a few. Um, that's pretty impressive as freshmen mm-hmm. come in and be, you know, really, really effective and kind of key members of the lineup or the bullpen. Yeah. And I, 
what's crazy is so for those who aren't aware of how the ACC tournament works, the last place team from each of the Atlantic and coastal divisions does not make the tournament in Charlotte. And right now, Florida State at five and 16 in the conference is on life support. I don't think they're going to make the ACC tournament even, which is pretty shocking. What if I told you that Georgia Tech and Florida State wouldn't even make their conference tournament? That's how good the ACC is. And you know, every single year, you have to be on your game in this conference. So surprising to see them. I, I know some some popular podcasts picked them as like a sleeper pick to win the ACC this year, and they're 5-16. and 16. That's just how tough this conference is. Let's go to game two. The Drew Hackenberg game. I feel like this is a recurring segment on the podcast now that Drew Hackenberg was elite. I didn't even have to change that bullet point. (laughs) Complete game, nine innings, giving up 11 hits, but only three earned runs, 12 strikeouts to no walks on 116 pitches. Nine innings pitched and only in no walks is, uh, I, I mean, bafflingly good. This dude yeah. is on fire. Yeah. I mean, you go back to his last three starts. He's think he's wrote, thrown, what, 23 or so innings, and he's only allowed mm, five five earned runs, I think it is. I like, you, you couldn't have asked him to pitch, you know, as well as he has. And he said that, you know, this is probably the best, the best stretch. Uh, his last three starts, his eight-inning um, performance against Duke, and then his six-inning shutout performance against – Georgia Tech, and then obviously Florida State. He said this is probably the best stretch of his like life, um, pitching wise. Which, you know, the numbers indicate that. But I've in to do it to do it at such a time where Tech needs it, where you know the bats will sometimes go a little quiet. You know, you're missing Griffin Green, who's you know could be done for the year, and then um, again a banged up bullpen. Um, you kind of needed him to go nine innings, especially with a bullpen game coming up on Sunday. Uh, he delivered just that, and uh, we talked to him earlier this week or on Tuesday, and he said, you know, in that in like right before the ninth inning started, you know, they kind of just looked the the entire team kind of looked at him. And they were like, "It's your game, man. Go out and finish it." And you know, he did, even with the uh, tying run on third base and the go ahead run or the winning run actually on second base. I thought that was that kind of just shows you the composure that he mm-hmm. has that he holds, especially as someone as young as him, you know, a sophomore and. In a place like Tallahassee, and he said that that was probably one of the loudest environments he had pitched in, especially that ninth inning. Yeah, over his last three starts, so against Duke, Georgia Tech, and Florida State, two of those starts being on the road, mind you, he is up to 23 innings pitched, 21 hits, only allowing four earned runs and only four walks. Uh, he's had double-digit strikeouts in three games now. This this guy's pitching at all ACC level. This is, I don't think you can say like that's what you expect from him, right? But you, we did kind of we came into this and was like, yeah, he's that good. And to start this season, we saw a couple good performances, but then some eh, performances there. Like I think, you know, Miami and Pitt both hit him a bit, and then we were like, oh, what's going on with Drew? What's going on with Drew? He's come back and pitched really, really well, and. You know, I think not only is his MLB stock rising, but the stock of this team is rising because if you can get a starter who can go seven, eight innings in a start, that sets you up so well for the rest of the series. So 
Drew Hackenberg, man, hats off. Pitching amazing. The Hokies will need him to keep pitching well, but he's off to a great start. Also, in game two of this series, Clay Grady, you mentioned him, freshman shortstop who has been immensely impressive for the Hokies. He went two of five, two RBIs in a run. I think, you know, he's very, very good defensively, and I think he'll continue to get better offensively. But that was a really good day from him as well. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a guy who's going to be, be at tech for, you know, three years. He, well, he's a, he's, he can't do a tenor shovel where he's 21 uh, during a software, yeah, software season where he can leave early. So I mean, he'll be, he'll be in Blacksburg for two more years after this one. Um, and, you know, he's hitting at a high level right now. And, you know, I think really only this, the kind of the, there might be no ceiling for him. I mean, he's that good. He, I, he really does remind you of Tanner Schobel as well, too. Like they're very classic shortstops where they're kind of, they're not the biggest guys. They're not the most imposing players out there, but he's just so good. And I think John Chef, he's got to be, how many times do you lose your star shortstop? And then another one just pops up. So that's a huge win for the program. Yeah. I mean, his speed, uh, his speed's a real game changer. I mean, he's had probably three or four base hits at least this year where he's kind of, you know, it's been a little dinker to third base or shortstop and, you know, he's legging that out. Um, you know, th- that's something that can extend innings, something that can, you know, score a run with two outs. Um, I think that's probably his, his biggest or his biggest plus as a baseball player, not to mention, um, you know, the contact he has, the only, the only difference between him and Schobel, um, is that he's a, he doesn't have as much pop as Schobel, but mm-hmm. I mean, you'll still take, you know, two, two, two hits, two singles on any day. A couple of off seasons in the gym. We'll get, we'll get that pop back. Uh, game three for the Hokies was a four to three loss, a close game, a really tough, tough loss, because I think the bullpen, it was a bullpen day for the Hokies. The Hokies did not have Griffin green as the, a, uh, as a third starter in this due to injury. Bullpen pitched really well, and you got to give them credit for going out there doing well. The bats just the the ball didn't find grass. You know, one of those days for the Hokies. Hokies only got five hits. They there was three hit by pitch, six walks, and two errors. And Tech just couldn't create a big inning there. And it kind of you kind of saw that as the game was going on. You were waiting for it to happen, waiting for it to happen, and then the ninth. I think there was a pop-up to end the game in the ninth inning, and, and it was over. And it was like, if this game went 10 innings, you think Tech maybe scores like eight runs. Like, you were waiting for it, and it just it didn't happen for him. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just one of those, you know, baseball days where, you know, you're hitting the ball hard. It's just not finding any glass, not finding any grass. You know, you walk a lot. You get, you get a bunch of guys in scoring position, but it's just, you know, it's not really going your way. But I thought Jonah Hardy pitched really, really well. His first collegiate start gave up those three runs and in three innings, but and that's kind of all you're looking for, you know, keep, you know, get a, get three, four, five, three or four innings, you know, out of, you know, your first pitcher that you, that you throw out there, um, especially on a Sunday in the ACC. And, you know, hopefully they can keep you in the ball game. Hopefully they don't put you, you know, eight runs down or anything. And, you know, three runs. Um, I thought that was really good, really, really um, a solid start for him. And then Jacob Exum, he's he's really turned a corner he's he's been good um he shut out uva in four five innings uh during that friday night game um and then he came in and you know the only run he allowed was on a bloop single he almost got through three shutout innings and then 
Matthew Siverling and uh, Andrew Sentlinger, you know, they, they threw, especially Sentlinger, he threw the ball well. Uh, got the last out in the seventh with a, with a runner in scoring position, and then um, in the eighth, you know, just kind of overpowered FSU's bats. Yeah, and again, look, we are going into this series saying, all right, it's a must-win series for the Hokies. We would love a sweep, but if you can win two of the games, you're feeling pretty good. That's what the Hokies did. They did it in tough circumstances as well. So I think overall, like my thoughts on the FSU series, never going to complain about going to Tallahassee and winning the series. So good job by the Hokies. I think that's a winning weekend. Put yourself in a good position. That yeah. being said, there there's still work to do here. And, you know, this is a tough conference, right? They play Clemson, who's just swept NC State. You have UNC, who's always a tough series. Still work to do here for the Hokies. And I think you're going to have a lot you're going to have a lot of games like game two and game three of this series that are really close. So overall, Chris, how do you feel about that Florida state series? I mean, I don't think tech's going to complain about going down to, you know, that you got, you got the bus ride to Charlotte and then you got the long flight to Tallahassee. I don't think they're going to complain about taking two or three, um, you know, especially after they did that, especially after, you know, they made kind of that same um, travel plan against uh, Miami where they kind of got swept. They had leads late, but kind of, cough those up but mm-hmm. anytime you can go down to Tallahassee and you know take two or three no matter how bad FSU could be you know 18 and 0 or 0 and 18 or 5 and 14 or whatever they were going in the series you know I don't think Texas would complain about that you know those are very passionate fans no matter mm-hmm. how how poorly that team's playing so you know I thought you know for Tech that's a that's a pretty good weekend yeah, that's that's one of again one of the premier programs in college baseball. So to get a win on the road there always feels good. Midweek game against James Madison. Uh, I don't have a banner for this one, but that feels good. They got the monkey off the back. <laughs> it was, feels like right after I complimented them on the show about how good they've been in midweeks, they started a skid. But that's a win against a good JMU team. Yeah, I mean JMU's not. I mean they're not. They're not a bad team by any means. I mean, it's a solid midweek opponent. They always are. Um, but the fact that, you know, the team didn't give up after going down what, five to three, you know, in the seventh inning. I mean, especially in a midweek where it's, you know, kind of hard, you know, there's not really a crowd there to create energy. Um, I thought they did a great job. You know, they had, you know, some good at bats in the bottom of the eighth where they scored four runs, come back and win um, from guys who, you know, had kind of sat all game. Uh, uh, Brody Denae, uh, he worked or he got hit by a pitch. Um, before that though, um, you know, they had two outs and Christian Martin kind of, you know, flares one for a double that kind of just landed in a Bermuda triangle between the left fielder, third baseman and shortstop. And that's kind of what started that rally. Brody Denae gets hit by a pitch. And then, um, there's a few walks. Chris Canizero had a very, very good at bat. Um, I mean, I think he only saw four or five pitches, but, you know, he worked a walk. That's hard to do as someone that kind of, you know, has sat for eight and a half or seven and a half innings um, to go and work that walk. And then um, the Bach obviously scores one of the runs Tech needs. And, you know, um, I think it was Carson Jones is either game tying walk or go. Or he, I, he had the bases loaded and it was a, uh, it was a uh, go ahead run walk. And then Clay Grady, you know, mentioned his speed again. Uh, beats out an infield single 
um, to score another run. That was a pretty big insurance run because you're feeling pretty good up two in the ninth, uh, sending Henry Weicker out there instead of just one. Yeah. So feel good. I, I think we've seen some midweeks like that. I remember in 2021, there was a midweek against VCU where it had a little bit more energy to the game. That was a good VCU team. The Hokies won on a Kevin Madden walk-off single. Mm -hmm. Uh, It kind of reminded me of that where it was a game the Hokies needed against a good in-state team. They came out with a W. So always feels good. They'll play JMU again. It's another opportunity to help the RPI, help the non-conference record. Um, And that one again on the road in Harrisonburg in a few weeks. Alrighty, let's let's wrap up what we've seen. Oh, we won't spend too much time on this because there wasn't a lot of other games, but three things we loved from the past since the last show. So I guess Florida State series and JMU. Mine, pretty easy. Took care of business at FSU. Got the midweek monkey off their back. And then Drew Hackenberg feels like the hack is back to ACC level pitching. He's been unreal. I think overall, this is a job well done in the past week for the Hokie baseball. Yeah. I mean, three of the things I liked from Tech, um, I think Anthony Arguez, you know, the fact that he worked into the the seventh inning against Florida State, gave you a good Friday start against Georgia Tech. I thought that was, again, the two biggest stories from those from the past two weekends is Anthony Arguez really developing as someone who can go six innings. And then my second thing, Drew Hackenberg, you know, back, to where he was last year, you know, kind of the guy who gives you seven innings, um, saves you the bullpen on Saturday. Um, even when he was struggling, um, I say it with air quotes, you know, he's not, he's not a guy that really gets like crushed when he's pitching poorly. You know, it's a lot of awkward contact, soft contact to where the ball just kind of finds a hole. And, you know, that's, you know, that's something that's, that's a good problem to have. If, you know, you're struggling like that, like you're not getting crushed. Um, because you know, you know, at some point, some of those balls aren't going to find the hole, um, and all that. But and the third thing, I'll go uh, the midweek monkey too. You know, I mean, you and John Chef said this after the Liberty game. You know, we, you know, Tech can't lose at home against Liberty. You know, and then you can't go on the road and lose to Radford. You know, a team that had lost twenty three straight entering. Uh, that's just something that can't happen. And then you know. They finally, they finally got the monkey off their back um, against JMU. Um, you know, again with the RPI, one one loss isn't going to kill it, but you can't have too many of those bad losses to Liberty and JMU and um, Radford. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really important win. Uh, the Hokies again, they'll have games against Marshall, Bowling Green, James Madison left on the schedule, and those are games where you don't want to throw the must win label on them, but you almost want to throw that can't lose label on it. Like you got to, you know, those midweek games, they don't count awful much, but if you start to lose too many of them, you can't really make that back up in your resume. That bad loss will stick on there. So doing well in those games will be really important. I think it's mostly on the, you know, the bats have to stay consistent, but also on the, a very young bullpen has to eat up some innings on those midweeks. So really important for the Hokies tournament hopes down the stretch. Something that needs to improve, Chris, uh, my one thing is health needs to improve. The Hokies have been hit by the injury bug a bit here this year, especially on the pitching staff. Uh, on the field, I know, you know, Carson DiMartini has, he's had a 
as they call in the soccer world, a knock. So he's been DHing a bit more than than straight up just playing third base. Jack Hurley got a pretty nasty hit by pitch on the hand. Um, hopefully he can that can heal up and he's all good to go. Pitching staff has has had a little bit more on the you know actual injured not hurt side this year, which has been unfortunate because. We said coming into this season, hey, if the bullpen stays healthy, that's a really good bullpen. Unfortunately, last few weeks just haven't been able to have the the full arsenal there. Yeah, I mean, I think health is you know Tech's it's been Tech's biggest problem this year, um, and every team deals with injuries. Like, yeah, that's yeah. especially in a season like baseball. But it just feels like it seems like Tech, you know, has kind of gotten bit harder than most teams by the injury bug. Um, you know, their midweek starter coming this season, Ryan Kennedy a talented freshman from Northern Virginia hasn't pitched and he probably won't. Um, he was dealing with chef went on the record to say he was dealing with an elbow injury after the, uh, ETSU game. Um, and he's just been dealing with that ever since, um, Carson Martini, you know, hurt his shoulder when he dove in a second against, uh, Georgia tech during that Friday game. Um, he's been DHing, but a note on that, uh, David Bryant stepping in for, for, uh, D Martini at third mm-hmm. base, there's not a huge drop off with the glove. I mean, both are, you know, elite level third basemen's defensively. And then Ryan's bat has come around too. Um, hit for the cycle against FSU on Friday, hit two home runs in, on, in the Sunday game against Georgia Tech. Um, you know, he's started to figure out, he's started to figure out, you know, the ACC pitching and um, kind of learn, you know, this is what he needs to do to, you know, keep the team competitive, um, especially defensively. Um, Henry Weicker and Kiernan Higgins, they were both hurt. Chef went on the record to say that uh, during the, the pit series, um, they were unavailable. So it's part of the reason why tech dropped those two, the Friday and Sunday game late. Um, Chris Canazero, he's been, you know, he dealt with the bone bruise, especially against UVA. Um, Christian Worley chef has said that he's done for the season. Um, and then David Bryant too. I mean, he was banged up a little early in the season. I know chef went on to say he was Christian Martin was dealing with a hamstring thing too early. Um, but I mean, that's, uh, just the injury bug, man. I mean, they just they haven't get, been able to get away from it, and that's probably the the you know the biggest downside of their season. Um, every team deals with it, but you know it just seems like Tech's kind of gotten hit with the injury bug. But uh, Jack Hurley, he got hit by the pitch on Saturday during the Saturday game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TV broadcast at FSU had said that you know they expect him to be back uh, this weekend and that he was um, only sitting on Tuesday for, you know, kind of precautionary measures. He was um, throw here. He was swinging the bat in the dugout on Tuesday, um, just kind of, you know, just dry hacking. And then obviously Griffin green. Um, we'll see what happens there. He underwent an MRI and on Monday and the team expects that they'll know like what, um, what's going on with him uh, this week. Yeah, and the thing about pitchers, I mean, this is true for all of baseball, but it's almost you have to be so cautious with a pitching injury because if you send a guy out there who's not at a hundred percent, you risk, you know, potentially damaging the rest of their career. Uh, so you have to be so cautious with these guys, especially guys who do have an, a, a major league future or have an opportunity for a major league future. So I think you're you're put at a tough spot as a coach and as a training staff where you know, where other sports you can send a guy out who's 75 plus percent and feel pretty good about it with a pitcher. 
can't really do that, right? You need them at a hundred percent every single time they go out there. So tough for the Hokies. Hopefully they can get some guys back here in the next couple of weeks. I think they'll need it, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Alrighty. Player of the week for me, this was a really fun one because this is one of the more exciting. And I mean, exciting in terms of like really fun to watch play prospects that the Hokies have had it's freshman catcher Brody Donay who is I think throughout the maybe the most improved player from the start of the season to now that the Hokies have had freshman catcher uh over the past week he's hit six of 12 for eight RBI and five runs he but I, I think the most impressive thing is defensively as a catcher he has gotten so much better throughout a guy at Florida State he looks really comfortable back there I think Brody Donay has has played his way into the everyday catcher position and really, really impressive stuff from the freshman. Yeah, I think Donay is I mean, you you've seen it the past, you know, few weeks. He's been kind of the guy that they've opted to go to in the lineup uh at catcher for um starting wise. Um you just can't take his bat out of the lineup is the is the thing. He's, you know, six foot five, you know, when he gets in the box, you know, typically even it's like flyouts or pop outs, like third base, the, the exit velocity will be, you know, 95 miles an hour. I mean, he's someone that hits the ball hard. Um, he's really kind of learned in the past few weeks to hit off speed pitching, which is something he kind of struggled with early in the year, but you know, he looks, he looks like the real deal. This coaching staff was super, super high on him uh, in the fall and then coming into the year in the spring and, you know, I mean, I think, I think he's proven that, you know, the hype, the hype was real. Yeah. Um, I, I have in 14 games there. I don't know where that came from. I think that's from an old Jack Hurley one that I edited, but that's over <laughs> the past uh, four games for Brody Donay. Next up for the Hokies, a massive series. It always seems like for every sport for the Hokies, it comes down to something against North Carolina. The Hokies will host North Carolina this weekend. The Tar Heels sitting at 26 and 15, 9 and 10 in the ACC. And they're right there with the Hokies, number 47 in the RPI. Currently, D1 Baseball has the Tar Heels in their last five out, in or first five out, excuse me, in the tournament. So, this is a really big game, not only for the ACC coastal standings and seeding going into that tournament, but also for the NCAA tournament. So really, really important series this weekend. Yeah. I mean, North Carolina, they you know, usually draws a big crowd to English field, which, you know, which always helps, you know, tech uh, play well. You've seen it against UVA and then also against Georgia Tech. Those big crowds, you know, have really, really helped tech create the energy that they needed. Uh, but the the thing you know they take two out of three and you know their rpi could jump 10 10 spots that's just how weird the college baseball rpi is kind of like the way that ken palm is but i think if tech wins two out of three this weekend they've they or they sweep them you know they've put their themselves in you know a really really good spot heading into the clemson series um and then heading into uh bowling green that weekend series during exam week and then you know, the acc bye week is you know baseball calls it and then um, Wake Forest. Yeah. And then it's a North Carolina team. That's very talented. Tyler Honeycutt is one of the best players in, in, in the ACC, the center fielder for UNC. UNC is kind of struggling a bit though. They are 
one and five in their last two ACC series against Miami and Boston College. Those are obviously two very good teams, but they're one and five in, in those last six games. And they haven't been super impressive in the midweeks either. So actually, they did beat UNC Wilmington 18 to two on the 25th. So I'll take that back. But it's a UNC team that's not playing their best baseball right now. And I think it's a it's a really big opportunity for Virginia Tech. If they can take this series against UNC, I think they put themselves pretty squarely in the tournament at, at the moment. So big, big game. Hopefully it's an awesome crowd. I can't wait to watch. Uh you know, hopefully the Hokies can can use that home crowd to their advantage because I think, you know, in the Georgia Tech series, that was a big deal. In the UVA series, especially, that was really big for the Hokies. So hopefully they can feed off the crowd's energy again. Any final thoughts, Chris, as we head into the home stretch of this season? Only three ACC series left for the Hokies. Yeah, I mean, it's a long season. It's, you know, kind of, you know, winding down. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to add was um, I think, you know, the, t- the turnaround for Tech, you know, from where they were two and eight a few weeks ago, I, th- I think that you know, that was probably, that's probably the biggest story of the season. Um, you know, now they're two games back of the uh, Coastal Division lead. Um, I mean, who, who knew that, you know, that we'd be saying that, you know, four weeks ago? Yeah. Like, I mean, they they were talented. The, the All they needed to do was get healthy. Um, and, you know, they've done that. Obviously, they've had a few guys kind of get hurt along the way. But, you know, they've gotten healthy and, you know, they're they're – I think they're they're pro- they're starting to prove you know they are who everyone kind of thought they are you know coming into this season. Yep. So some big games left on the schedule, but the Hokies are again in position to be in position. Chris, as always, thank you so much. Best of luck in your battle against seasonal <laughs> allergies. Uh, we fight in solidarity with you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's let's hope for a good weekend here, and we'll be back next week. to wander tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but i saw you dance like you want to in my head and all she said is oh i know what you're thinking please don't just let us sing trash my friend's place wake up the next day to you